This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Space insanity, ants in your spacesuit, and apartment hunting on the moon? Stay tuned, we're getting into it. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Welcome to the After Show for All Mankind, covering episodes six and seven, home again, and hi, Bob. Gosh. Hello, Bob. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. <laughs> I heard that so many times. Hi, Bob. Uh, first, I thought they were going crazy, when in fact, they are. So, we are getting into it. We're talking politics running over human lives. Yes, guys, lives. Um, NASA is afraid of homosexuals, and Danielle makes the ultimate physical sacrifice because her arm is broken. So, we're going to get into that. We also have um, a special segment, Hero's Journey, and, of course, our news and gossip, Men Be Raging! Wow! So amazing. <laughs> there it is. It's my so favorite So close sound to what clip. I just did. I don't even it think sounded, you needed the clip. Was that you? Might that have been. Actually, that's amazing. Mm. Love it that we have that. <laughs> my name is Tatiana Marisa. I'm so excited to be here. Before we get into anything, we have a star <laughs> on our panel. <laughs> so- I am starstruck. <laughs> Tara Erickson. That's me, girl. <laughs> If you guys have not been stalking her like I have, um, she was on The Twisted Nanny. Yeah. Lifetime movie called The Twisted Nanny. It dropped uh, a few days ago on the old Lifetime Movie Network. Check it out if you got cable or Hulu Live TV. I don't know. Just look it up. Twisted Nanny. I am the lead in that, so you'll see a lot of me. So if you're looking at me now being like, I don't want any more of this then probably don't watch it. But if you're like, I'm interested, go right ahead. I am so proud of you. Thank you, girl. That I is appreciate so that. That is so <laughs> exciting. So you guys, please check it out because we love to support our hosts and this is a big thing. So, Twisted Nanny, go look at it. Um, real quick, before we dive into things, I want to give a shout out to the series set director, um, Diana Fres. I added a, a, a little accent like a, the, there. Fres. Yeah, yeah. It's because I felt like it. But um, everybody has been commenting on the sets and how amazing they are and how very perfect they are. So I just wanted to call her out, and it's amazing. Um, I also want to give a shout-out to Hidden Palm, who was in our chat the last review that we did, uh, who pointed out that Jerry Cobbs is portrayed by Molly Cobbs in this uh, For All Mankind universe, which I had missed. So I appreciate you, Hidden Palm, for pointing that out. Um, Geraldine M. Cobb in real life was an American aviator and part of the Mercury 13 group who 
in her last 30 years of life, dedicated her life to missionary work in South America, performing humanitarian flying, using her own self-drawn maps that guided her over uncharted territory. So please take a look at her life. She was very inspiring, and she just passed away in March of this last year. I didn't know. I missed that. So Hidden Palm caught that and let us know. So Hidden Palm, I really appreciate that. It's amazing. Um, You're educating us on an amazing woman. We actually, we did talk about it, Hidden Palms. We did? Did I miss that? You're right. I gave her a shout out on my Twitter, you guys. I'm not listening. She's great. Tatiana, she just zones me out. I get it. Most people do. <laughs> but I give her a nice shout out on my Twitter. So you can look me up, Hidden Palms, at the Tara Erickson, and know that I was on your side the whole time. There it is. Boom, baby. Sorry about that. <laughs> sorry. sorry. I should have given you credit. No, um, no. I, I, I like I'm... that you're calling her out because I do believe that uh, it's probably a huge honor for her to be represented in, in a way in this TV show to get... What she probably really wanted to do was go to the moon, and she got yeah. to do that from a ethereal sense in a TV show, which sure, I think yeah, is cool. Sure. They honored her. Yeah, they, they sure her. did. It was good. Uh, so I, I really want to get into this whole politics over human lives. Now, we are covering two episodes in one, so I just I just have a couple things to talk about here. But in episode six, Home Again, uh, we find Von Braun has been called back because there is an explosion, and who else can fix it but Von Braun, which I think is really horrible of them, right? Mm-hmm. Because they completely tainted his name and disgraced his name, discarded him, and then they were like, oh no, there was an explosion on Apollo 23. We actually need you to, to come back and fix it. Fix it. <laughs> fix. Fix it. So, you know, that's stupid. Um, but Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. But anyway, he comes back and we're confronted with Margot. Now, Margot's father was involved in the Manhattan Project, mm-hmm. which is a real thing. For those of you who are unaware, the Manhattan Project was a real thing in World War II in the 1940s. So uh, it, it actually did happen. But beyond that, the contracts were switched. Now, do you think this is typical political behavior? Uh from from you know even what's going on now, you think this happens on a on a on a regular basis? One hundred and ten percent. I mean, in order to get where you are politically, you have to make a lot of underground, deep, dark moves. I think to, I don't know, please the right and wrong kind of people. They're the right people because they can get you to the top. They're the wrong kind of people because they're not necessarily doing the right thing, and they kind of highlight that in this episode specifically through a very long conversation through mm. Braun and uh, Margot. Man, blanked on that name just now. That's right. I'm here for She's you. like my favorite character too. I'm here for Rough you. living. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I, the one thing that I, I wanted to talk to you about is what, I mean, everybody knows that they do it. They don't necessarily know when politicians do it, but it eventually comes to light whether or not it happens. Like, whether or not they say, why don't they just be up front from the beginning and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to give this, instead of giving it to Illinois, I'm going to give it to, or no, 
they gave it to Illinois. Uh, instead of giving it to somebody else, I'm going to give it to Illinois because I need more votes mm-hmm. to get into office. And that's what I'm doing. And it sucks, but everybody does it. So what well, you'd get a backlash from, I think, of a lot of other states that are like, well, we might deserve this contract more because we've been working in this field for longer. We have people that have been waiting out for this contract for years and you've suddenly pulled the rug out from under us just in order to get more votes because Illinois has not always been on your side, which is unfortunate because if you are a leader, you're for the people. Mm-hmm. And now you're for a contract. But technically, it was also involved with the ERA, mm-hmm. right? So in turn, it helped get the ERA passed. So it was kind of like a toss-up. Mm-hmm. Which I think is a lot of politics. It's hard because you're you're never really going to do anything perfect in politics. There's always like an SHIT end of the stick, which is unfortunate, but... I don't know. I don't know if if I would have done it any differently. Mm. Um, But I do know that I think at the top in being a leader that you should be more for the people. And if that meant getting the ERA approved, then maybe it was all for the greater good. And that's kind of to double back. That's kind of what Von Braun has been saying the entire time. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, To Margot and the point that he's been trying to make to her and in explaining her father to her and why her father wasn't there. I completely, now that we know the history behind her father, I completely understand why her father was so like removed Mm -hmm. from her life. It sucks that it had to come, you know, after he passed as a reasons why, but I understand. Yeah. It's like PTSD. And also you just feel a major amount of guilt for the rest of your life. And there's, it's such a large amount of guilt. There's no way that you can face it. And if you did, you'd probably do a lot of damage to yourself or those around you. So it's better just to be like, shutting it down. But it sucks because I bet you when he, her father, when he first started, I bet you he wasn't like, oh, yeah, we're going to make this to, you know, blow up um, Nagasaki. And we're going to, you know ruin a bunch of lives. I'm right. sure it, it's exciting to come across something new, to make something new, whether it be destructive or not. It's, mm-hmm. it's exciting to make something that's never been made before. Right. That's so. that. I think that's the whole uh, issue, too, with new technology, like, you know, Alexa and Siri, is that if you can turn those into, uh, I don't know, using your own information uh, and using it against you or turning it into like a real life robot, then there could be a lot of harm done with the technology that's already been evolved, which is why I still think they're probably making very smart decisions in what Siri and Alexa can and cannot do or say. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that even that struggle exists today. Funny you say that because there's actually a case that just happened where a woman was killed and she was in an argument with her boyfriend. And the boyfriend said, no, she fell on a spear. I don't know why they had a spear in their house, but they had a spear. He said she fell on a spear. Well, they actually brought in uh, Alexa because they had one of those uh, boxes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they say that she doesn't listen to you all the time, but she has to be listening to you all the time Mm because she has to be listening for her name. Mm -hmm. Right? So they actually used her because she's been listening to the entire conversation, the argument that they had. So they brought her in and used her in the case. 
What? So wait. This was recently. Does that mean that they were able to pull a recording and replay the guy and the girl speaking in full on, to, on argument? Yeah. Heck yes. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I don't, I don't, I didn't follow back up with the, I should now that I'm talking about it. You should now. But or I leave it in the comments, please. Like, yeah. Because uh, we check these. So if you guys have like the background on that specifically, I am very thoroughly interested. I have friends constantly. I have two Alexas in my studio apartment. That's right, too. I love her. Listen to everything I say. Don't care. Um, I would never spear someone. <laughs> I mean, I, who knows the future, but I don't think so. Hopefully so not. I don't mind it. But for situations like that, People are now going to have to be really careful. If that is the truth and mm-hmm. she was actually listening, pull that dialogue right from there, that is something that now, man, I'd love to write a short film about it. Well, it blew up to be a big thing because now it's like, what's an invasion of privacy? Mm-hmm. You know, if they say, oh, well, if they're listening, but they're not really taking any, they're not really going to use it for anything. Mm-hmm. Well, well, now they now they are. Now they are. I mean, if you buy it, you're you're... You're signing off on the invasion of privacy. Totally. Just know that she's listening. And if you don't want it, don't get one. I don't have one. Wow. I don't know how you survive. I rely on mine every day. (laughs) Speaking of Alexa, please um, tell Alexa to pull up After Buzz TV so you can watch all of the reviews that we have going on here. Yes. Tara, can you tell us? Yes, we are the ESPN of TV talk. We are that because we cover all different TV shows, even movies, podcasts. We do all the things, and it's all for you. Please like, subscribe, leave a comment. Um, We're on iTunes. We're on YouTube. You can watch a video or just listen to us in your ears. We try to make it easy uh, for all of you, no matter what you want, whether it's just a hearing luxury is no whether you just want to hear us that's a better sentence or watch us either way we're here for you and we're here for the fans and we do super appreciate hearing from you guys it means the world to us because we're here just as like just like you a big fan of tv movies podcasts all the things media after buzz tv espn of tv talk Thanks, that's it there was a good sentence at the end the middle ones were total crap i apologize no, no that was awesome i loved it all i was there i'm here who she's there you are an you know 100 percent working actor so whatever you <laughs> and say and there was no script in front of me you guys i was working it was improv what what let's have an improv class right now <laughs> just kidding i won't put you guys through that um so i want to go into nasa and homosexuality because that was a very prevalent on these last two episodes um with ellen and henry right mm-hmm. Henry's name so and pam honestly because pam was Ooh, affected too. pam is ellen. in it she's in it she's in it to win it and so I, I, you know it's crazy because they think that because um you know ellen and henry are 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 homosexuals that that you know they're going to ruin their spies all of a sudden they're going to ruin the operation um you know it will give them a bad i mean it's their entire livelihood was called into question by a man who honestly i thought was gay mm-hmm. right <laughs> like I, the way he was I, you know the way he was talking i was like Totally. You're here and you're, you know, you're doing this ridiculous. Right. So it sucks because you see, you know, Ellen with Pam and they actually have like a very 
honest relationship. And then Ellen is calling into question her, her feelings about both sides. And Pam is like, I know what I am. I know what I am. I know who I love. I know what love is. This is what I know. Mm-hmm. And Ellen's like, I'm not sure anymore. But it's just because she's so afraid of, of what will happen to her and her job. And now they're forced, literally like forced into marriage. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they will be called like um, Henry was saying, perverts. And, you know, they'll lose their jobs. And people will say, you know, so much so that they're, they're guarding their houses. They're tapping their phones. That is insane. Yeah. Insane. I- I think that you tapping into that the guy sort of uh, prosecuting them or going after them, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he was gay in a sense that during this time you had to push that so far down and actually revolt against it. So Mm -hmm. I feel like he could be revolting, you know, in terms of going after people who are who are just like him. I mean, he's obviously would be in denial if he is. But um, I found it very sad that Ellen pulled away from someone who very clearly has a good head on her shoulders mm-hmm. um, and does love her very much. It wasn't just a fling of like, I don't know. Right. They Ellen and Pam were in an actual relationship and Henry went along with it, um, meaning they all three knew what was going on. All three supported how to get by and undercover. Um, but at the end of the day, it was too much of a risk then. And it's it's sad. I don't know. It's just sad that uh, the risk of her losing her life or her livelihood, as well as Henry losing his livelihood in regards to just his sexuality, is weird because it doesn't change the way that you work or you as an employee no. or your intelligence. And it doesn't make you a spy. Like they thought that it would ruin the the you know the process of what was going on there. There's nothing to do with anything. And I apologize. His name is not Henry. It's Larry. Gosh. So sorry. <laughs> sorry. Larry. It's Larry. 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 Um, yeah. So it's, it's, but it sucks though, because, you know, ultimately Pam chose love. Mm-hmm. She was like, whatever happens, I love you. And I know I want to be with you. And that's it. Which makes me question, you know, Ellen's love for Pam. Mm-hmm. I understand that, you know, her, everything that she's worked for is called into question and she could lose that. But at the end of the day, you know, in retrospect, if she gets to where she wants and her whole life is a lie, you know, is she going to get where she wants in this fake marriage? Maybe they'll have kids at some point because that's more socially acceptable. And then she's going to turn back around and, you know, wish for Pam instead of everything that she's accomplished. I agree. I, she was given an ultimatum. And she chose one path. Um, I think there's a lot of people, even still today, that when given an ultimatum may not choose what they really want, but what they think is best for them Mm -hmm. in regards to how the the world and their friends and their family are going to view them. And it's weird because looking at Ellen, she's an astronaut. She's really smart. And you put all these, like, strong... um, qualities towards her but in regards to making this decision i mean i think henry had a little bit to do with it but if ellen would have been like no we can't do this i think henry would have been okay that's fine you know no one was forcing anyone's hand no but i think larry was like in her ear constantly you know like 
We got Larry. This. God, I'm sorry. Next. I know I set you on the wrong Dion. track. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <gasps> Failure. Larry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Larry. But I think he was constantly in her ear. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to let up. They're not going to let up. And it's because his butt was on the line, not hers. They don't. They don't think. They don't think anything of Hel- of Ellen at all. They think everything is uh, surrounding Larry. And so it was kind of like, you know, Larry didn't force her, mm-hmm. but he was constantly talking to her like you know, you have to stick up for me. They're going to ask you these questions, obviously because it's happened to him before. Mm-hmm. Um, but with him constantly like this, you know, because yeah. it's his butt on the line. I agree. I feel like the guy, for some reason, that when he was interviewing Ellen, that there was an underlying current of, I have a feeling you're also gay yeah. and you are each other's cover-up. Whether it's just her covering for Larry or her or doing what they're actually doing, which is they're both gay and covering for each other. Mm-hmm. I just had an an instinct. I don't know if it was something he said. I wish I would have wrote it down. Um, that gave me uh, sort of an instance where I was like, uh, maybe he knows that they're both playing each other's cover-up, which is why I thought, I don't know, I guess they, they got to the decision together. It's like a 50-50, but... I mean, he definitely, he definitely had a lot of points. He was like, yeah. you've been married or you've been dating for how long, mm-hmm. you know, um, and you're not married yet. And back then people would date and get married in like a heartbeat, you know. And so, he, I mean, he even went so far as to ask them if they had slept together. Yeah. You know, there's just, I mean, but even if she was like, yeah, you know, right. he still wouldn't have. Still wouldn't have. Still wouldn't have. It's also sad because that's their favorite bar, and Pam is the lead bartender. Yeah. So where are y'all going to go drink now? Well, they're going to keep going because nothing can be found out. But oh, it no. also makes me wonder if Pam is just going to be like, F all of this. Mm-hmm. Like, this is who I am. Like, it's going to make her, you know, rise to the occasion to kind of stand up. And maybe come herself. be open about it. Totally. Come out. Yeah, I totally I think would, this should come out. I would love to. To see that, because I think it would be a big F you in Ellen's face. Yeah. Because Pam has already said, if you make this decision, I'm out of here. And I hope that Pam sticks to that. And uh, if she does end up coming out, that would be great. I love that storyline. I think it'll be a rise and, mm-hmm. you know, be an, be an alternate um, story that's going to go on. I would love that. Yeah. Writers, are you listening? Hmm. That's what we'd like to see. Uh, I, I also want to talk about... <sighs> okay. Uh-oh. Daniel... Danielle. Yes, Danielle. Makes the ultimate physical sacrifice. She broke her own arm. She broke her own arm for Gordo. (sighs) Okay, (laughs) like, I don't even think I would break my arm for my best friend. Sorry. Um, But she knew, I mean, they've been through a lot together. I get it. And they've been cooped up in there for 83 days, plus two weeks, plus two weeks, plus two weeks, plus two weeks. (laughs) So, you know, it's it's the the majority of episode six was surrounding, you know, surrounding Gordo and going mad, which if you guys tuned in last time, I actually had a list of effects that would happen if you stayed in space too long. And pretty much Gordo (laughs) did all of them. (laughs) He did all of them. You know, he was going crazy. He was going crazy. Um, So, you know, the hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. It was, yeah, he went crazy. So if he went home, obviously he had to go home because his mind was not right. They would have taken his flying Mm -hmm. license all all around in in space and, you know, on the ground. So she did it. She took it there. Yeah. I felt like she related 
very harshly to, oh, so he won't be able to come back to space. And Ed was like, no, he won't ever be able to fly again. And uh, I feel like she just, I don't know, maybe she was just, she has more empathy, well, obviously, than Ed. She was the only other one that is able to view it from a very empathetic, empathetic (laughs) viewpoint. Today, the brain is not picking up, and I apologize. (laughs) She's the only one in this situation that has a lot of empathy and I think can view it um, from the standpoint of if this had happened to her, she probably would not be able to go on living life as usual. And there is a very clear highlight and metaphor in her life, which is her fiancé or her boyfriend. Are they married yet? Her husband. I, uh, I think they are married. Clay. Who has PTSD, and I think that there are a lot of things in war that are taken from him Mm -hmm. that led him to be this way. That is difficult to deal with, and he is not the same person that he was before. And I think that her seeing that is like, I don't want this to happen to anyone else. I think when you have to live with that, I think all around she juggling the struggles of someone having, I don't know, the rug pulled out from under them and not feeling themselves. And I think she chose to make quite a big sacrifice to have that not happen to Gordo. Mm -hmm. So it definitely already happened to Clay. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, I don't think breaking her arm was the reason why she did it, but she wanted to get home to Clay as well, you know, because of what was going on. And there was no way that she could counsel him through, you know, on a screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he could just walk away whenever he felt like. And so I think you're absolutely right. The whole parallel between Gordo and Clay uh, hit home on a very personal, intimate level with Danielle. So she just, she did it. Um, can I just say, when they, when the tape broke, the Bob tape mm. broke, and they did the entire scene, word for word, the three of them, that was hilarious. Oh, it was the best. It was the best. Yeah. And to see Ed do that, too, because he's normally so reserved. And so, you know, this is how it's done. And I'm the commander and blah, blah. You know, it was really nice to see him to see him do that. I agree. Yeah. I think there was a lot of parallels between Ed and his kid and Gordo and his kid. Um, I think the biggest quote that stuck with me is that Ed said you tried to wear me down but I didn't face it and I think that happens with a lot of people in his life that they try to wear him down because he has such a guard up and he doesn't face it really readily unless it's like on his own time in his own weird way and that doesn't always work and I think this is the one and only situation where he was forced to deal with it um, not in his own way he was he was forced to deal with it sooner and with a more delicate hand mm-hmm. and i think that he will probably learn a lot i hope in regards to dealing with gordo in going back home and learning how to deal maybe with his kid a Absolutely. little bit better yeah cuz he's very harsh on his kid and uh, m- mom is too man she gets in there but i think he'll learn a lot from dealing with gordo I hope, in becoming a little more sensitive and dealing with this kid and his wife. Yeah, I think so, too. I think it, like, kind of unlocked a new layer Mm -hmm. for Ed. Absolutely, yeah. Good point. (laughs) But I'm also also pissed, kind of, at Gordo because all of that happened, and Gordo pretty much knew uh, what Danielle did. 
because mm-hmm. they're in the 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 uh, they're going back home and he looks at her and says you know thank, thank you because you. he knows but then he goes home and the last that we see of him is he's on his couch just drinking a bunch of beer mm-hmm. now i'm trying to be empathetic and think okay his mind was not right in space okay I've never been in space. I don't know what that feels like. But, you know, I'm sure he was out of his mind and he's coming home and he needs to decompress. Okay. And he needs to filter through things. I'm sure there's a lot of things he thought up there and he can't believe he acted this way. Or maybe he feels like a failure uh, because he couldn't stay up there as long as they wanted him to. Like Ed, maybe, he, uh, you know, I'm sure a million things are running through his mind. But for her to make that sacrifice, not only physically, but in the workplace now, how people look at her. Mm-hmm. As being, because now people are going to look at her and think, oh, she's the reason why he had to come home. So to make that entire sacrifice, to just sit at home and piss it all away Mm -hmm. with beer is terrible. And it makes me, I like Gordo. Like, even though he cheated on his wife and did all this stuff, I liked him. You know, I think he was very relatable. But that ending scene where he was sitting there on the couch, I was so frustrated with him. Completely frustrated with him. I think that's what the writers wanted at first. Well, it worked. I look at it as a as an easier um, an easier scene to write. It's easy. Gordo lays on the couch. He's surrounded by junk food, and he's you know uh, just looking into the abyss. But I think it, when we end on that, it gives us um, a better payoff. Hopefully, in the next episode or the one after that, where I do think Gordo would probably come forward, and all of a sudden. All these fires are rising, and Gordo's like, "It wasn't her; mm. it was me." And they're like, "What?" It's gonna give and then Gordo. He's like, his, like, "It was me. I'm the reason we couldn't go back. I went insane." And then he's gonna go insane. Mm. She's gonna be like, "You don't have to, Gordo." <laughs> and then he's gonna be like, "No, I do. I have a feeling mm. that's gonna be a scene that's coming up, which so is why that that's there. They're giving Gordo his his hero moment. Yes, hopefully, because Ed has had. I one. hope so. Danielle's had one. Tracy's had one. Karen's had one. Mm-hmm. Gordo has been the one that's kind of like left behind. So you could be absolutely right. Be I absolutely hope right. so. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Do you hate Gordo now? Or do you just dislike him a little bit? Or do you think I'm being too harsh and should give him a break? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but we'll see. Um, on to our special segment, Hero's Journey. Oh, I love that. Um, I just want to talk about sometimes encouragement comes in the form of a push. In this case, we saw that between Von Braun's character and Margot uh, because he basically pushed her with love on exactly why she wasn't chosen for flight director. He was like, you're not a team player. You don't want to work with people. You think if you just do this and this and this, then you'll be number one. Um, But that wasn't the case. And he told her she was capable, far more capable than what she thought. She needed to put in more effort in being personable and a team player and using things to her advantage. um, And that she wasn't reaching her potential. So although the things he was saying might sound kind of harsh... It was a loving push by somebody who knew her very well. So, in these two episodes, Von Braun was our uh, hero in um, in pushing Margot to be her best. 
Because she is the best. Because she is the best. She needed that push. Yeah. Margo. Love it. That's all for our hero's journey. On to the very contrasting. <laughs> Met me raging. Ah! <laughs> cool. Hope you like that. It's just so uncanny, right? Now, number one, there's a user review. They gave it one star, and they said, can you stop this pseudo-feminist propaganda, Hollywood? Seriously, it's time to stop the hypocrisy seen in many shows not worth our time. Then uh, there's a couple people who clap back, and I really liked what they had to say. Um, this one gave it eight stars. Watch it and leave your politics in another room, which I would agree. It's TV. Mm. Um, I watched seven episodes yet and they are great. Watching a show because of diversity and representation is just as bad as not watching it because of diversity and representation, which is the truth. Judge the product by its quality instead of your politics. I agree. It's television, guys. I don't know why you're getting so deep about it. Now, this last one, gave it eight stars. Some of you need to get a grip. I thoroughly agree. This is a what-if story that imagines a space race between the U.S. and Russia continues beyond 1969. In this alternate history... Excuse me, Russia lands on the moon first, forcing the U.S. to continue up the ante on the stakes and the advancement that never occurred in reality. It is a written show. A lot of reviewers seem to be getting worked up because the shock horror women, yes, women have been introduced into this scenario, becoming astronauts in the early 70s rather than, in reality, the early 80s. So, if the notion that women becoming astronauts a mere decade earlier in this work of science fiction somehow threatens your masculinity, then this show isn't for you. We're only a few episodes in, and God knows what they'll come out with next. Maybe a black or gay person will be next. Uh, And that is the truth. There are uh, gay people, there are people of color, and there are women going to space. Oh my God! Who would have thought... It's true. Leave your politics at the door. This is entertainment, people. Just judge it by the quality. And, I don't know, look at politics on Twitter and complain about it there. But in a real political forum. Maybe not on a TV show. On IMDb. That's all for now. Thanks for listening to Men Be Raging! Back to you, Tatiana. <laughs> that's awesome thank you it is true this is a, it's this is just so it's a what if it's a what if scenario it's great to watch it's mm-hmm. fun yeah um i i like the representation especially for uh Aleda, who margo takes under her wing i you love know, that that's a that's a true coming up story mm-hmm. okay you know come on come on come on I mean, come, come on 100 percent. what are you gonna do what are you going to do? Okay, predictions. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you think? What do you think? Well, I think what I said about Gordo coming up in an episode or two and being like, it wasn't Danielle, it was me. That's why I had to come back going crazy. Mm. I think that'll happen. Um, 
I saw a struggle between Karen and Tracy. So uh, when they had a whole meeting with their kids, um, it was that Karen's kid was more in control and Tracy's kid was the follower. Um, and I think that Tracy is like, is a follower like her son, but she doesn't know it. And Karen is like, there's no way my kid can be the leader of this. But Karen is the leader. She's the leader of her kid and Tracy's kid and Tracy and Ed. Um, so I foresee that parallel getting a little bit stronger, highlighting it a little bit more in regards to Karen being a leader and Tracy being a follower. I think when Ed gets back from space and being there so long, because he's going to have been there alone for two weeks. Um, or four or eight. Or eight, or who ten. knows, that I I think his PTSD in regards to, like, he'll probably have a little bit, it may soften him up instead of doing maybe what it did to Clay um, or Gordo. I think we'll see a, the opposite effect on Ed, which I think will be a welcome surprise. Um, and I think Danielle will probably fight through. It's hard for her in the workplace, but I yeah. foresee her – she just is like one who's like, take a deep breath and carry on. And I think that's going to get her very far. So I hope to see her move up quite quickly within the next few episodes. I hope. That's all I got. You really think Tracy is a, a follower? You don't think she's a leader? I really do think that deep down Tracy is, she has a little bit of it in her uh, but I would more call it passion instead of leadership. Um, yeah, I just see her as more of, she has those moments like when she saved, um, was it Ellen from, she helped her on that hike yes. and she helped bring her back yep. rather than leaving her behind. Mm -hmm. I think it's more compassion and passion that I see from Tracy rather than true full on leadership. I don't know that she's full of, fully capable of doing that yet. Hmm. Not yet, but maybe soon. I think she's still struggling a lot with a lot of emotions and she lets that get to her more so than I think Danielle. Yeah. I think Tracy lets it eat her up. Danielle can kind of separate and comp compartmentalize a little bit better. I mean, at this point in time, Danielle has uh, experienced things on a completely different level and a completely different capacity. So maybe her, I don't want to say tolerance, but maybe her, uh, the way she handles yeah. um, stuff like this is, is a lot more thick skinned. Cause she's had more Tracy. exposure to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. So, you know, that could be, I thought it was really funny watching the two moms, watching Tracy and Karen walk down the hallway after they had that meeting with the principal. And you see, it's funny because you see Karen who was like, you know, uh, what the times were. Mm -hmm. And then you see Tracy or what the times are becoming, you know, Karen is in a nice dress. She's got heels on. Her hair is done. She's got a little purse and jacket, you know, and then you see Tracy who's in a business suit, flats you know, with a bag and her <laughs> hair is pulled back in a ponytail, you know, it's a great contrast mm -hmm. of, of where I think women, the w women's roles in, in that time. So I really loved that scene. That was like one of my favorite, um, scenes that I saw. I just love how you said bag, bag. and a bag. <laughs> I like bag. She had a bag. She had a bag, a bag, bag, bag. Anyway, <laughs> anyway um, I, I predictions, I don't know. I, I think that 
Danielle will will come into the picture way more, um, and she's going to face a lot of scrutiny. And I think that she's really going to struggle with Clay. I don't think Clay is going to recover from where he's at. He really has a problem with with Danielle uh, having a higher position than he does, and I think it's really messing with his masculinity. Um, and then you know to pile on top of that the PTSD and trying to get a job, and his brain just not working with him. So. I really think that uh, I think that relationship is going to kind of fall apart and it's going to cause our problems. Um, I, and I also think that, you know, Shane has been in an accident. And so I do think that, um, you know, Ed is going to feel remorse because the last time he talked to Shane before he was in the accident, he scolded him and said, you're very disappointed in you and said all the fatherly things. So, you know, um, I really think that he's I'm with you on that. He's going to show a lot more compassion and I think he's going to work through a lot of emotions because you know, he's not very emotional. He's like Batman mm-hmm. in a way. He's just really, you know, not emotional. Uh, and, but I think that'd be really good for Karen and their relationship because they have a ton to talk about that they talk to other people about and not each other. And you know who I really missed was, um, Molly's husband. Oh yeah. I want to see him back. I hope he comes back. Where was he? And I really missed his presence in this episode. Uh, in the past two episodes. So I really want to see him again and I want him to enter back into Karen's life because now she has that painting hung up where everybody can mm-hmm. see. So, I feel like Shane getting in an accident is the perfect time to bring him back in because Ed cannot be there for her and I feel like he's going to be the one to show up. There you go. It's going to get a little dicey. They yeah. might get a little too high one night and you, I don't think I don't anything think will happen. happen. Nothing. Yeah. But I think maybe more information will be divulged. Yeah. Good. Good times. Good Mm -hmm. predictions. Gosh, I love this show, you guys. This is amazing. (laughs) Uh, Before we leave and move on to our next endeavor of this evening, where can we find you, Tara? Oh, guys, I am Tara Erickson. Um, Go ahead and find me on YouTube.com slash Tara Erickson. T-A-R-A-E-R-I-C-K-S-O-N. Check me out on IMDb. Uh, you know, uh, Twitter, the Tara Erickson, and Instagram, Tara Erickson. Just look it up. Cool. And of course, uh, on the Twisted Nanny. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna say it one more time because I'm yes. so proud. It's amazing. Um, and I am Tatiana Marisa at Tatiana Marisa on all social media platforms, so you can find me anywhere. All right. That was a great show. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us. And leave a comment. Let us know what you think. We'll respond back, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menounos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners of history. Oh, no, no, no.